Welcome to the Effective Data Scientist Podcast. The podcast is designed to help you improve your skills, stay focused, manage successful projects, and have fun at work. Be an effective data scientist now. Welcome to another episode, and today we are speaking again about data visualization. Paolo is on the show as well. Hi, Paolo. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, Alexander. How are you doing? Very good. I love this topic so much. It's one of my favorite topics, also because if you work on data visualization, you can directly see the impact. And also, if you want to show others your results, if you want to have an impact, if you want to convince others about the values that you bring, data visualizations are, I think, the number one tool to go for. Because you can speak about, oh, we do this AI and machine learning and whatsoever kind of sophisticated stuff. Most people don't understand. But if you show them a really good data visualization, they directly get what what you're working on. And so that's why I think data visualization is really important. It certainly opened many, many doors for me. So let's dive into this next episode about data visualization. And if you haven't listened to the previous one, well, just scroll back a little bit in your podcast player and have a listen to that one as well. Let's start with one key insight not everything in your figure has the same importance. Very important topic, Alexander, because we make data visualizations because we want to focus our attention in what's important, right? So we, we don't want to confuse our uh, readers, uh, our audience about the key uh, messages to be exploratory or um, explanatory. Uh, this is it's really uh, important. So uh, I think it's important to have in mind what is the main information. And usually, for example, if you if you have a scatter plot, for example, X and Y axis are way more important than other uh, information. And uh, you you want you want your reader focus um, in this X Y uh, space instead of uh, confusing them uh, with legends, colors, uh, grid lines, uh, and uh, everything else that could be seen as something uh, less important and confusing. And I think you know the one of the most important aspects of a good data visualization very often the most overlooked one, and that is the title. I think the title is so important to spend time creating, crafting a really, really good title. Yeah, Of course, you can apply certain kind of logging templates yes, that, are, that are really kind of making people think and stop. Yeah, But at least make it either a statement or a question. Yeah, and then the statement is then backed up by the, the figure that you show, or you have a question, and the answer of the question is in the figure. 
to think about that. Your footnote is surely less important. Yeah? And that's you know where it starts. The most important thing is on the top. Actually, if we think in the Western world, it's on the top left. Yeah, because that's where we start start reading. And the least important things are on the bottom right. Yeah? So just by positioning things, yeah, you can give them different importance. Yeah. The headline, top left, footnote, bottom right. Because we read in this kind of Z-like shape across the figure. Yeah, of course, for example, when we do visualizations in our pharma work, for example, the footnotes are always really important for our audience. Because, you know, people want to see the abbreviation. I mean, abbreviation for everything. It could be also MG, should be abbreviated for milligrams, stuff like that. So we have always a few lines of abbreviations and notes in our legends and footnotes. So usually I put them in a light, light gray. So, for example, if you want the information, you can uh, read it, but you need also to get that uh, this is not the main part. And you don't need it for get the key messages in the data visualization you have. I love that you mentioned gray because that is my favorite color in data visualization. Usually we have white backgrounds and then, you know, something dark on it, yeah, black. And so the lighter gray you use for your visual elements, the more it, you know, gets into the background. If you have a very, very light gray, you can hardly distinguish it from white. Uh, and so readers will automatically more focus on the areas with a big contrast. Uh, so the heavy, dark, red, black things, of course, well, even more with, you know, some different hues. But yeah, that is a really important thing. The other thing that you mentioned is size. Yeah. The font size of a title should be much bigger than the font size of the footnotes. And you can use different sizes of your font, of your visual elements to make them stand out. Uh, thickness is another one. If you, if you really want to have grid lines, well, they shouldn't be as thick as the axes, for example, yeah. or the visual elements within the chart, let's say you have a line chart, then, you know, the lines that actually encode the information, they should probably be the thickest part. Yeah. Or maybe you have a certain line that is most important. Yeah. And then, you know, that is the thickest line yeah? and so the, the darkest line and everything else is, is lighter and thinner. Yeah, for example, if you plot uh, a simple cumulative distribution function, so maybe the horizontal percent line is important because you can see in different groups what level we have the half of the sample. But again, you can use light gray. And if you use other grid lines, they should be lighter for sure. Because you can see 
important things and outstanding in terms of their importance as compared to other less impactful elements. So grid lines could be important if you want to have an idea. Then this is not the key message because you, you want to see the difference between, for example, within groups. And so you have a, you, you need to have a clear hierarchy of the different levels of information and use this hierarchy efficiently. And you can, you know, use even more elements, yeah, to put some hierarchy in there. So if you, for example, you have an electronic way to display your information, like on a homepage or something like this, then you can have also maybe a hover over function, yeah, where you put additional information. Yeah, you could, for example, put all your footnotes or whatsoever in a read more here or background information here kind of area where, you know, if you hover over, you get all the other things. Yeah. Or if you have a scatter plot and you hover over certain points, you get maybe the exact positioning or maybe you get additional background information about this specific data point. So that's another layer that you can think about. Yeah, for example, speaking of uh, plots, I recently used a simple scatterplot for visualizing uh, before and after treatment uh, data points. So yeah, for example, in the x-axis, you have the baseline. In the y-axis, you have the uh, score uh, at follow-up. And then you... You can see with the XY positioning how the uh, observations moved from baseline to the follow-up. And then you can encode so many levels of uh, information. For example, with colors, you can have the groups uh, in which you can uh, categorize uh, each uh, individual data point. Then you, you can have uh, um, five degrees line showing no change mm -hmm. between baseline and follow-up. Then you can select a lower triangle with a array of improvement or worsening with a shaded area, maybe in gray also. Mm -hmm. You can have another line, the pre-specified level of improvement and worsening, and playing with the colors, the lightness of these elements. You can have different levels of information, but at the end, you have a clear structure in the figure without, I mean, confusing the reader. And because maybe some reader just need maybe is able just to get the mess in terms of the X mm -hmm. positioning, but maybe more experienced readers can get more messages and that you are enabling different readers in getting different messages from the same plot. Again, it's important to have a clear hierarchy of the information yeah, hierarchy is one point. The other thing is also kind of how you want them present them sequentially. Yeah. So if you, for example, come from a, as you say, kind of bigger perspective, 
Yeah, you can also organize your presentation or your figure in a way that you know you add more and more information over time. So imagine you know you're giving your shows a figure in a presentation. You maybe first show certain elements, and then you add further elements and further elements and further elements. Yeah. Or maybe if you have it online, you use this kind of scrolly telling technique, yeah, where you have a figure, and while you scroll, there's more and more elements coming to the figure. Yeah. So that maybe you start with, oh, this is how kind of the standard therapy works. Now this is how you know placebo works. This is how the new therapy works, and so on. You can say. And here's kind of a reference line for where the target is according to the guidelines. And then you can kind of, you know, in the next slide, you can maybe split it into subgroups and speak about this. So, so you can add more and more information in a kind of sequential way. But of course, you usually start with the most important one. So that leads us to a little bit of another side of it. Yeah. Of course. You have important information, you have less important information, but you have patients that you actually don't need to show. Yeah. Or that you can probably encode by making things simpler. And the key word that I learned from Cole Nussbaum-Nafleck here is clutter. You need to declutter your data visualization. And so, a great data visualization only has those elements in it that needs to convey the message, not more. Yeah. So here's this phrase, less is more, really. Yeah, this is a nice uh, perspective. Though I'm, I'm using often ggplot, for example, in our form work, and, you know, there is a sequential workflow in ggplot, so you start with initial, initializing the plot, and then you add uh, the first element, for example, uh, in the, for a scatter plot, could be the, the standard geom point um, line, for example, and then uh, you, you can add the sequential uh, other elements. So for me, uh, sometimes it's, I, I go, in uh, the other direction. So maybe I start uh, really, really basic, and then uh, I had uh, information uh, I see is missing, basically. Because maybe, uh, of course, I can put this line, of course, I can change the title to reflect uh, the colors, the different groups. But of course, sometimes you, you have the space for decluttering, because when you start your basic, ggplot, for example, you have a gray background, you have the major and minor grid lines mm -hmm. in the plot. So it's maybe it's a combined approach. At the, at the same time, I had the information which is missing. They also remove something which is redundant and, and not informative, which is really, really important. Of course, I think the cluttering is so important for people uh, working with Excel, which is also a great tool for uh, data visualization. 
but the uh, the cluttering is way more uh, important because you know I, I think that standard Excel plot uh, you have uh, a lot of information which is not. In, in Excel has actually improved over the years, is my perception. So, so in the early versions of Excel, there was much more clutter in the standard templates than it's now. The newer templates are much more clean, for sure. But if you work with any form of template, usually there is more in it than what you actually need, which is in a form kind of okay for a template because you want to show all the different options to to the person. And if you don't display them in your graphs, then people may not recognize that these kind of options are there. Uh, but then you need to have a conscious decision to remove these visual elements that are not that helpful. So that is a, that's a really, really important. Yeah, because, you know, you were of the cluttering i mean uh, cluttering is important if you know if you have clutter in the figure so i think it's important to convey the message that uh, you don't you don't need to add clutter yeah so of course sometimes so people we have more minimalistic people for example or people who want to have more details it's also a matter of preferences mm -hmm. because maybe also introducing uh, some extra information or cluttering sometimes could make the visualization experience more enjoyable for example it's a matter of preference but in general uh, you, you need to be minimalistic uh, yeah. i think coming from a statistics background usually kind of people in our kind of data space, interested in lots of details. I think that's kind of a requirement of our job. Yeah, we need to have a focus on the details to actually do our job well. The people we talk to are not necessarily the same. Yeah, and so recognizing that there might be very different preferences in terms of wanting to see the details is a really, really important thing. So who's the audience? Is that really kind of other data scientists, other statisticians, or is the audience then upper management, for example, or people that, you know, lay people that look at it? So that is really, really important to take into account. You, there's a couple of ways you can reduce clutter. One area that I always try to remove is legends. And in the previous episodes, we talked about how you can get rid of a legend by using, for example, coloring. Yeah. Another way to get rid of a legend is by putting the labels directly into the chart. Yeah. So if you, for example, have a line chart with three lines in it, of course, you can put the you know, legend with the red line is don't know, category A, orange is B, and green is C. Yeah. Or you can put these labels directly into the uh, plot yeah, next to the visual elements. Then it's much easier for the reader to see, <clears throat> okay, 
this line corresponds to, to Z1. What we are using here as a Gestalt principle is proximity. Just by putting things closer to each other, we know they belong to each other. And so if you put a label next to a line, that means this label belongs to this line. Yeah. Of course, you know, it needs to be kind of positioned in such a way that yeah. it's clear. It's not yeah. confusing. So you really know that this line belongs to that category, but if it if it's a little bit difficult, you can use another style principle, and that is connectivity. Yeah. You can basically put a little bit of a connector, a little line or something like this, or an arrow or whatsoever set points the and connects label with with a respective line or bar or whatsoever yeah so there's there's a couple of different ways you can use to make sure that people understand it but that is a really really nice way to get rid of a legend okay very good so we talked a lot about designing your data visualization in in this episode and about decluttering it, making it as minimal as possible. Yeah, Of course, taking the audience into account because everything that is on your data visualization increases the cognitive burden of your audience. And the goal is to have a good data-to-ink ratio, a high data-to-ink ratio, says that Polo mentioned. I think this coin was termed by Tafti? Tafti. Yeah. yeah. So have that in mind, data to ink ratio, data to ink ratio, and make minimalistic graphs that only show the key things to your audience and, and walk your audience through it. You know, we talked about, you know, not everything has the same importance. You can guide your audience by seeing the important things first and then getting into the details later if they have time. Any final thoughts on that, Paolo? Yeah, I think that in general, it's always important to, to have the why in mind. Declutter your figure and make sure that your figure answers the question. Okay, very good. Awesome. If you loved this episode, tell it to your friends and make sure to subscribe and see you then again for the next episode. Or hopefully you listen to it.